0: The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 34. So, today I'm going to talk to you about the law of attraction. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So if you've never heard of the Law of Attraction, maybe you've heard of a book called The Secret, or a movie, they made a documentary of it. It is on Netflix, last time I checked. But uh, a few years ago, myself and the community that I surround myself with got into the Law of Attraction. We discovered Thomas Troward and his book, The Creative Process in the Individual, and realized that there is something at work in the universe always. It is a universal law known as the Law of Attraction. Yet, it's not exactly a piece of cake to understand. It's not exactly easy to implement and control this law in your life with intelligence and intention. It's always working, but what does that even mean and how do we work with it? So, let's get started. Alright guys, I uh, hope you're having a good day. I know I am. I have uh, been in the middle of a season that has been arguably the most emotionally and spiritually and intellectually challenging season of my life, and it seems to be coming to an end or coming to a shift, and uh, you know what? I have... The Law of Attraction to thank for it. (laughs) Or uh, the creative process in the individual. Um, As I think I mentioned Thomas Troward in the intro, he is my favorite author of all time. If uh, reincarnation is a thing, I'm claiming that that was my past life, that I was Thomas Troward, because, oh my gosh, I'll never forget the day that I was uh, flying back to Michigan from Denver. And I was uh, reading his book, The Creative Process and the Individual. And I had spent a few years teaching some stuff from the typologies of the Bible and teaching things from my own experience that I had very little to go on other than logic. And if you ask those who were in my basement listening to me teach and uh, in those in my life, I'd think they would all agree that the logic was sound, or at least most of them would agree that the logic was sound and it was, uh, changing their lives. But at some point you kind of look around here, like, is anyone else teaching this? Like, what, am I just crazy? What do I do with the fact that I don't see this anywhere else? And so I, uh, pulled out, I, found Thomas Troward through a sequence of events. My wife found his, uh, Thomas Troward only ever had one pupil or one kind of uh, disciple, if you will, and her name was Genevieve Behrend, and she wrote a book called The Invisible Power, Um, Your Invisible Power, I think. You can listen to it in audio on YouTube. And my wife had found that and shared it with me. To be honest, that particular book is probably the most concise and well-written book on the law of attraction if you that i'm aware of uh, there is another one called the little red book that's not too bad but it doesn't give enough information in my opinion so if you've never heard of the law of attraction or you've heard about it and this podcast is making you interested then either genevieve Barron's the your invisible power or thomas troward's the hidden power which i've got on the video camera right here this is the hidden power by thomas troward But my favorite book on the subject is Thomas Troward's Creative Process in the Individual. And then as well, I also really like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Obviously, Napoleon Hill's angle with that book and that title is towards wealth and building the life you want, which I'm going to talk about in this episode of the good, the bad, and the ugly, that there's a component of how most people use the law of attraction that I do believe to be it is one one click shy one level lower than enlightenment but we'll get there at the end towards the end it'll be the third thing we kind of go through so I will never forget being on that plane on the way home from Denver reading Thomas Troward creative process of the individual and finally seeing somebody else say the same things that I had been saying I had never articulated the law of Attraction. But I was articulating that your life is a perfect reflection of your beliefs. So I was articulating to my Bible study group that what you believe is what your life becomes. And so right out of the gate, I want to tell you, like you do realize that the law of attraction is exactly what Jesus taught. It's exactly, you know, the new age community, the new age side of this community isn't going to have a problem with this law of attraction because it is very popular. But if you're a Christian and you thought, ah, law of attraction, that's mumbo jumbo, What do you think Jesus meant when he says, When you pray, believe that you have what you've asked for, and it shall be given to you. If that's not a summary of the law of attraction, I don't know what is. You believe that you have it, even though you don't have it. But you attract it into your life. It shall be given to you. So Jesus, and literally his most important instruction on prayer... Is the law of attraction. I don't care how you slice it. It is believe that you have what you've asked for, and it will be given to you. It will come to you. You by the the belief you carry, it will be attracted into your life. So if you're a Christian and you've heard about the law of attraction, you've heard the secret. I'm telling you, you can remove the religious fear of it and realize this is what Jesus taught. Now, if you go into some of the Gospels that didn't make their way into the canon, like the Gospel of Thomas, actually, Jesus outlines more how to pray, and he talks about creating a belief and a frequency around you, and you use visualization and like that. Now, I'm not saying that the Gospel of Thomas is, quote-unquote, the Bible. I understand why it didn't end up in the Bible, and so on and so forth. That's not where I'm going. But what I am saying is that even ancient books regardless of who their authors are, this idea has been around and it's been associated in Christianity for a long time, but at its very core, I believe this is what prayer is. When you pray, believe. And because you believe, it will come to you. So right out of the gate, yes, the law of attraction is Christian. Yes, it is new age. Yes, even science is starting to realize through vibration and quantum physics that like begets like, that vibration and frequency attract the same vibration and frequency. So if you're vibrating at the frequency of money, it will find its way to you. If you're vibrating at the frequency of cancer, it will vibrate its way to you. Like literally everything is frequency and science and medicine and everything are starting to figure out one of the best ways to treat and create and all of those things is to look at the frequencies of things because everything is essentially light and energy vibrating at a particular frequency. And we can get down to the very root of how everything works. You realize everything is frequency and therefore, bam, you have the reality of how you create because your heart and your mind, but mainly your heart is designed to be a never ending non-stop frequency generator. So if your heart is vibrating at the level of poverty, guess what you're going to get? If your heart is vibrating at the level of fear, guess what you're going to get? If your heart is vibrating at the level of success, guess what you're going to get? So, and this is what Jesus meant, or this is what the Bible means when it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? As you hold your beliefs, and they're mostly subconscious. Last episode, I talked about muscle testing. You can test if you believe in that you're prosperous, right? Christians all over the place and people, oh, I'm wealthy, healthy, and wise. It's like, really? Why don't you muscle test that and see if you actually believe it? If you don't actually believe that you're wealthy, guess what you're believing? You're believing that you're not wealthy, and guess what you will attract? Not wealth. You're never going to find a wealthy person who believes that they're not wealthy but you find all sorts of not wealthy people who believe they're wealthy, right? Because we've been taught that if you think it in your mind, it's good enough. It's not right. If you want to know what you really believe, look at your life, right? If you want to know what you really believe, look at your life. That's the good news. It works. The bad news is, is that it works too. Right? That is, If you can blame the world, you can blame your parents, you can blame your spouse or your ex-spouse, you can blame your children, you can blame your work or your boss or your health or whatever, but your life is a perfect reflection of your frequency. That's a more scientific way to say it. Your life is your frequency. How do you change your life? You change your frequency. How do you change your frequency? You change your beliefs. And that is the law of attraction in a nutshell. So it works. And let me give you an example. Have you ever, please don't think of a purple elephant right now, right? Or here's a better way to look at it. So if you're driving, don't do this, but close your eyes and I'm going to say something and I want you to repeat it silently in your head with me. Close your eyes and I'll say red, 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 red. Red, the color red, the color red. Red, 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 red. Now open your eyes. What's the first thing you see? You see whatever is in front of you that's red, right? I've got a stop button next to my video here. It pops out like nobody's business and you don't even have to try. Now I'm talking and it's fading and it's now just blended in with the background. But when you think about something, guess what you see? So on a very practical level, and this gets into, I'm going to do a class at some point on unpacking the law of attraction or unpacking their secret or the secret explained. And there is a reality to how this works. But on a very real level, if you are constantly thinking debt, 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 Oh, I got all this debt in my mind. I got all this debt. And you got all these creditors calling you and that. Guess what you're going to attract? Guess what you're going to see? You're not gonna see opportunities for wealth. You're not gonna see opportunities for growth. I have a meeting this afternoon with somebody that my intuition has been speaking for the potential of investment with a company, a business idea I have. And yet at the same time, the last few businesses I have have put me in debt. That's the good old fat you know, I feared that debt for a while and it made me feel like less of a man or less less of a success, whatever. And I realized I talked to my grandfather who I hadn't talked to in a very long time. And I asked him how many businesses he had started over his lifetime. And he said 60 or 70. So he's an entrepreneur and I definitely have his blood running through my veins because I'm 37 years old. And I last count, I think I had 16 businesses that I've started and either sold or shut down or I'm still running. And I've had a lot of failures and I talked to my grandfather and he, what I had been attracting was the sense of failure, right? And I talked to him, I said, Hey, did you ever fail? And he said, of course. But I figured if I succeeded 51% of the time, then I was a success. And just the matter of factness by which he just energetically just kind of, yeah, it's no big deal. Of course I failed. Like it set me free from this thing that I was attracting, which was failure right? And now I felt it for the last, you know, I think this was maybe six months ago I met with him. So for the last six months, I have felt this shift in what I think about when I consider my businesses, when I consider the things I have to do, I'm working more seamlessly. I'm actually working less because of a lot of other things going on in my life. And yet my income hasn't dipped. And as a matter of fact, it's growing a little bit, right? Because I'm no longer attracting failure. I'm attracting success. And what does that mean on a very practical level? you know that opportunities are always around you. You know that paths and decisions are always around you. And if you're thinking red and one of the paths is blue, are you going to see it? Very likely, no. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time unpacking the nuts and bolts of it. The point is, is that it works when you pray, believe that you have what you've asked for. So that is the good side of the love attraction. I love it and it is very real. Now we're going to move to the bad side. The bad side is, one, I already mentioned, it works. So, if uh, you're attracting poverty, or if you're attracting cancer, or if you're attracting bad relationships, you have no one to blame but yourself. And I understand that for some, that is a very hard pill to swallow. If If that makes you mad, they're on The Secret, the movie, The Secret, one of the guys, I wish I could remember his name, he stands there and he says, you know, so it's at this point that I'm telling you that if, you know, whatever that thing that happened in your life is your fault, quote unquote. And he said, I'm here to be a little bit in your face and say, yeah, it is. Okay. Now, sure. Other people are responsible for what they have done, uh, quote unquote, to you. But I would encourage you to realize when some people hear me teach this and they hear me say, yeah, that thing that happened to you, you know, your husband being, What abusive or being uh, molested as a child, or you know, being hit by a car, whatever those things to say that you attracted that it's made people mad. I've had people leave the basement where I used to teach people, like, I've had people walk out because and not come back because how could I ever say that that thing that happened to them was quote unquote their fault now. Using the word fault is a strong negative word and it is not at all the energetic implication of what I'm saying, but I am saying that there was an attraction and that you were in that situation through an energetic vibration that if you break it down to the science of it and just the facts of it, it is true that you created that. Now, you can view that as being a victim or you can go, wait a minute, I created that And now you can take ownership, you can take power, and not only can you take ownership and power of that negative thing and stop blaming everyone else, and you can own up to it. And I mean, how what an energetic power shift that is alone to say, yeah, I did that. So one, just in the very thing that you're all mad about, mad me saying that you attracted it, do you realize that if you own the fact that you attracted it, suddenly you're not a victim anymore? right? And you can maybe even forgive a bit and move on. And that pain in your neck, literally, I had one for nine years, something that happened to me, a business partner did to me, that literally created physical, nonstop chronic pain in my neck. The more and more I've owned up to it, the more and more that I have uh, found the value and the beauty of it, I have my neck hasn't hurt in months. And so one, own up to the very thing. But two, The second thing is to go, wait a minute, if I created that, what else could I create? And to realize that you're not a victim of life in general. And so I think it's incredibly good news that you create everything in your life. But again, that's the good. The bad is you've created everything in your life. I'm not a billionaire. I got nobody to blame but myself. If I had had all of the same beliefs and the same thoughts... And made the same decisions because your decisions come out of your thoughts and beliefs. If I had had all the same thoughts and the same beliefs of Mark Zuckerberg, where do you think I would be right now? I would be Mark Zuckerberg, right? He's my age, I believe. If he's not, he's really close to it. And he's a multi-multi-billionaire because he had a certain set of thoughts and beliefs that took him down a path to go to school where he went to, to build Facebook and everything of that, to where now he is Mark Zuckerberg that we all know. If I had his beliefs and his energy, guess who I would be? Because your life is a perfect reflection of your beliefs and your thoughts and your decisions. So that is, you know, my favorite saying, if anything is true, there's a way in which it is true. So if you've attracted everything in your life, there's a way in which that is true. I'm not saying it's your fault and I'm not saying other people are not responsible, but I'm saying you can take ownership and you can step up into it. The second thing is the law of attraction, the bad of it is the quote unquote bad is that it's not easy to begin to control, meaning it's always working. This is not a universal law that is available to you if you decide you want to use it. No, it's actually something you've always been doing because your life has been attracting your life to you your whole life. So you have always been using the law of attraction so using it is easy it is mastering it and making it a tool for you where you can insert your conscious awareness that is not easy i know so many people who have tried the law of attraction they've watched the secret they love it and then they give it six months and they go it doesn't work well i beg to differ it works you're like you exist so you're kind of obeying the universal laws so it works. It's just what you really mean is you're having a hard time controlling it. You're having a hard time using it in your conscious favor. So that is true. There are so many little nuts and bolts So many little technical shifts and nuances. And you're talking about the human soul, this human spirit, the human psyche, emotions and mind. You're talking about these things on the inside that, sure, you can have some external things like, you know, create a vision board or mantras or meditation. And they're all useful, but they're all only meant to create a vibrational frequency on the inside. So you can have all the documentaries you want. There's no formula that is going to be the same from one person to the next. For some people, visualization works great, but what if you're not a visualization person? What if you have, I have a friend of mine who has a uh, challenge, I wish I could remember what it's called, but there's, it's a quote unquote condition or a psychologically defined thing where visualizing in your mind is very difficult, if not impossible that there is no screen in their mind. So when you tell them the law of attraction requires visualization, they go, oh, I guess I'm screwed, right? I guess I'm just a victim of the universe then. Well, no, that's just one of the tools you can use. Other tools you can use are mantras. There's other tools you can use like Psyche and emotion code. There's other tools you can use like prayer. There's other tools you can use like intuition. There's, There's so many things you can do. The point is getting yourself to a place where you believe it so that you can receive it. And so there's principles of the law of attraction, and then there's application of the law of attraction. And principles of the law of attraction, even those aren't exactly simple when you want to unpack them. But they are static. The principles remain, and they're they're understandable by most people. It's the application that you have to use tools of awareness and intent, and you have to process through how it works for you. Because you're an organic system. We're not machines. If I had a heart transplant, I can't just get anybody else's heart. We're not machines. We're not like, you know, putting a Dodge engine inside of a Chevy because, you know, you can retrofit it and weld it. Like, no, you organic systems don't work mechanically, and neither does the law of attraction. It is organic and unique. And it's a thumbprint for you. So if you've listened to The Secret and you think it doesn't work, well, let me point you to the fact that the principles work. What you're having trouble is you're having trouble mastering it on your behalf. You're having trouble controlling it. You're. It is not just a plug and play mechanic. Oh, the secret said to do this. So this is what I'm going to get. You have to grow and mature and build your particular fingerprint in it. So the last thing that kind of makes the law of attraction quote unquote bad is that the universe can only work with what you have, what, with what you have or what it has. Meaning we like to overdefine what it is that we're asking for. And therefore, you know, so let's say I want a million dollars how many ways can I get a million dollars, right? Somebody that a relative could die and I could get a million dollars. I could buy a lottery ticket and get a million dollars. I could find a lottery ticket and get a million dollars. I could get hit by a car and get a settlement for a million dollars. I can have a business idea and make a million dollars. I could have somebody show up and knock on my door and say, hey, Spirit told me to show up and give you a million dollars. I could win a prize at some golf tournament and get a million dollars. I could, uh, this particular podcast could go viral and it could make me a million dollars. How many ways can you get a million dollars? The universe has many, many, many ways to do it. The bad news is that if you really want the law of attraction to work at its highest level possible then you have to let the universe you have to let god you have to let the spiritual reality bring it to you in its way the best way and even then you define do you are you willing to you know hey if you could get a million dollars tomorrow by a rich uncle keeling over dead like <laughs> how important is the million dollars to you right what if it's a life insurance policy from your spouse because they die like How important is the million dollars to you? And what ways are you willing to let it come to you? And what ways are you not willing to let it come to you? And so the universe and God can bring many things into your life. But we like to kind of define how. Like, I want the million just not this, this, or this. It would really be nice if it was over here. Well, that's fine. But what you're going to realize is that The more specific you get, it's kind of a dance between specificity and generality. Like, if you're not specific in what you're wanting, you know, I want more money. Well, the universe, you know, God can inspire a five-year-old to come up and give you a nickel and say, I just feel like I'm supposed to give you. And then your belief and the energy of it literally says, oh, mission accomplished. I got more money. So being specific, like, no, I want a million dollars and why and everything like that, that is part of the prayer. That is part of the request or the ask of God when you pray, believe, to be specific. But then when you then get into specifics on how it comes to you, you do start to eliminate all the possibilities. You to uh, you know, I want a million dollars, but I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want this. And the universe goes, okay, fine. You can believe for that all you want, but there's like 100,000 other people that want to win a million dollars using the lottery. So you're just going to have to wait your turn. Or you can do like Bruce Almighty and all of New York wins the lottery at the same time. And then nobody wins the lottery. You get the point. So do you either trust that God and the universe have what you need and it will come in the way that you need, or you're going to try to overdefine it. But either way, the universe can only work with what it has and what you have. And so that is a push and pull. Then that is a quote unquote, what I would put, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly on the bad side of the law of attraction is there is no miracles. Everything is natural. Everything is universal, natural law. So you have to work within the realities of the universe. You can call it a miracle, but the reality is, is it's simply universal laws working like normal nothing is supernatural to God. Nothing is supernatural. Period. Everything is logical. Everything is natural. We just don't understand it. So we call it a miracle. So that is the negative is we want miracles and we want, we, I want me and all my friends and family to all win $20 million in the lottery. How long is that going to take? Which lottery? Where are they? How, like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, we kind of want these like childish, like oh, well, because I'm a Christian, or because I love Jesus, or because I'm asking and I know the law of attraction, I'm going to get these stupid things that I've not actually thought through and I'm not willing to work with the universe in the natural nature of the universe. And we want these laws of the universe to be broken on our behalf so that I can be happy. Now, that leads me to the ugly, right? The good, the bad, the ugly. The law of attraction, while it is a universal law, It is, you can't work around it. You always work with it. And you can actually improve your ability to work with it by engaging through things like the secret, creative process of the individual, hidden power, think and grow rich, all that stuff. But here's the deal. In order to start working with it on the level that those concepts articulate, you have to live in a world where you're judging your experience of living And you are then taking a conscious measurement of this makes me happy. This makes me unhappy. This is good. This is evil. This is light. This is dark. This is happy. This is sad. And then you use those judgments and you use those measurements to look at your life. And then you attempt to start creating a quote unquote better life using the law of attraction, right? I don't have a million dollars. Therefore, typically most people would say, therefore I am unhappy or I am stuck or something I'm wanting to do. I can't do. I'm having to deal with the stress of finances, whatever it is. Why would you want a million dollars if not having a million dollars wasn't judged as a negative in some way? Okay. So there is a judgment and a measurement component required in order to live with the law of attraction. Now, let me back up a second. Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is within you. And in heaven, there is no sin. There is no darkness. There are no tears. There is no... And so I would argue that enlightenment, you know, if you go to... Buddha concept, Jesus concept, you go to guys like Eckhart Tolle and what he teaches or Miguel Ruiz with the Four Agreements and Toltec Wisdom Tradition. Enlightenment, Zen Buddhism, all that stuff is about rising above the judgments of your life, arising above the measurements of your life and about getting to a place where you know, and I would argue, I'll say for myself, I'm aware of the law of attraction. I use it all the time. I, there's no, We all do. There's no way I can't use it. So what is it that I am doing when I'm trying to engage it, quote unquote, on my behalf? I used to, like most people, I used to measure what was in my life and realize I don't want this, so I want something else. And so I began to attract something else by believing in that other thing and so on and so forth. But now the number one thing I've been attracting in my life for years has been spiritual insight and wisdom. And honestly, the manifestation of deity in myself so that in such a way that I can teach other people. So spiritual journey, understanding so that I could teach it, and the manifestation of the fullness of the human identity. That has always been my primary attractor. That has always been my primary belief and my primary vibration. And I'm still attracting that, I am still pushing through that. And my life is reflecting that each and every month, every year, it gets better and better and closer and closer to that thing that is the core identity in me. And in that journey, I have realized that as long as I continue to live a life where I'm measuring my external reality as good or bad, as what I want or what I don't want, Then I am always in pursuit of heaven outside of me. I'm always in pursuit of when I build this life, then I'll be happy, or then I'll be more happy, right? So it's not even about saying, like, oh, you must be unhappy. No, you might be happy where you're at, and yet something in you is in pursuit of life and its pleasures outside of you. And quote unquote, you know, energetically, if you feel like it's in front of you, like where you're at right now is it's okay. But where I'll be tomorrow is better. And Thomas Trower does say in the creative process of the individual, that we all want tomorrow to be better than today. And I've taught that and preached that for a few years, because it's absolutely true. Here's the problem is, is we all live in conditional heaven, or we all live in conditional hell. And so, when we say that we all want tomorrow to be better than today, and the fact that it's true doesn't mean that it's right, doesn't mean that that's how we're supposed to live. What if you were in heaven today? What if your life was a perfect reflection of heaven today? How on earth could tomorrow be better than today? Because every day is heaven. And every day, now I'm not saying that, and you do. You know, if you engage with this, if you go down, you know, for me, the Toltec wisdom tradition as a whole, that and Eckhart Tole, those two combined have really been the tools, the mechanisms that spirit uh, has used to articulate this to me. And so if you like New Age Christianity and how I teach, then you'll probably like those as well. That that's my particular thumbprint on this subject. But there's so many teachers and so many wisdom traditions that talk about enlightenment, where you rise above conditional joy. You rise above conditional happiness. And the ugly side of the law of attraction is, is that it dives most people into a conditional joy and a conditional state of happiness worse than they ever originally had. So my wife is on a, we're on a Facebook group called, I think it's Enlightened Consciousness group forum or something like that. Um, it's a great group, but she asked a question. Um, she's been going through a journey of realizing that she's had a victim mentality for her whole life and shifting from a victim mentality to a reality that everything is for you and that there's literally nothing against you and all things work together for the good. Right, of those who are called according to his purpose and so on and so forth. These aren't just you know verses from the Bible and platitudes. They are universal truths. And if they are true, there's a way in which they're true. And uh, sign up for the classes whenever I have them because there's so much in this. But she's in this shift where she asked a question. You know, Anybody have any advice for somebody who's shifting from a victim mentality to the truth that everything is for you and always in your favor? And there was some really great enlightened individuals on there talked about, you know, being present and their answers were beautiful. And then about half the answers were law of attraction people that were like, you can see it. They were like angry, like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard that everything is for you. No, you need to pick what you want and you need to go create it. Uh, Literally one person said that both sides of her statement were foolish and delusional. And this person's response said, tell that to a baby who's been aborted that life is for them. And you can see essentially the venom or the poison that conditional happiness brings with it. And everyone that had that kind of response, like, what are you talking about? Life is for you. You know, go create what you want. Take charge of your own life and build it. Like those people are law of attraction junkies that have gotten so obsessed with their mind's ability to create their life. That they have forgotten how to trust life, right? They have forgotten that what if, yeah, I want a million dollars. What if I want a million dollars, but there's something even better about not having a million dollars? What if there's something more beautiful and more fulfilling over here? You know, if a million dollars is to my right and total and complete fulfillment that I don't even know I need is over to my left. Well, my mind says I want a million dollars. So screw you universe. I don't really care what's over here to my left because I have measured it. I have judged it. And I have said that I want a million dollars. And that is the only thing that is for me. Well, Jesus is in the garden and he clearly is not a fan of going to the cross. And he's asking the Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. If there's any other way, please, let's do the other way. He prays three times. He sweats blood. He needs angels to come comfort him because what he's having to do is so difficult. And you can tell if he's using his mind to measure. Nope, I'm out. But he's not using his mind to measure because heaven is within him. And he's trusting life. He's trusting source. He's trusting God. He's trusting spirit. Whatever you want to call it, it's all the same thing. He is trusting his Father. And when you're trusting your Father, there's a reality to leaving the tree of the knowledge of good and evil behind. Now, the knowledge of good and evil is logic itself, right? The knowledge of good and evil is Jesus. He is logic and he is, when it says in Genesis 3.22, now man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Which one do you think that is? It's Jesus. So Jesus is the manifestation inside the Godhead that knows good and evil. That's what logic is and logic has been ruling and reigning since the garden. But logic rules and reigns until the last enemy to be defeated is death, and then logic gives everything back to the Father. So, the true ruler of the human experience in heaven is not logic, it's actually intuition. It's not the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of death, it is actually the tree of life, right? And the spirit of life. So, if you want to truly live heaven on earth, don't use the law of attraction as your source. That's using logic as your source. That's using Jesus as your king, which is great, until it leads you to death. And then you'll realize that consciousness and life and intuition was always meant to be the father. It's actually the source that even Jesus constantly pointed to. He always said, Look past me, look to the Father. Right? And there's so much in this. I'm just encouraging you, like, guys. If you want to use the law of attraction, use it. But don't let it be your source of happiness. Don't let it be your source of heaven. Don't let yourself get so drawn into judging your life as good and bad, light and dark, right and wrong, what I want, what I don't want, so that now you are manipulating your life to create conditional heaven. Because you know why it's conditional heaven? All you have to do is ask, what if that was taken from me? What would happen? what if my child was killed? What if my husband, you know, Christopher Teasdale, my best friend, my best friend. Um, I I have a couple very good friends, but he and Jason Tonneson have been the two that have always have been there the longest in through so many things. And, um, uh, especially in my adult life. I've had childhood friends as well. Chad Gibson, if you listen to this, shout out to you, man. Love you, bro. Um, but in my adult life, Jason Tonnison and Christopher Teesdale have been my two best friends for the longest time. And Chris died in, in, within a five day span, went from alive and well to gone. So, what happens to his family when that happens? Like, what do they do? Now, it is hard, and loss is real. But you instinctively know that if the kingdom of heaven is within you, then clearly the definition of heaven cannot be outside of you. If the kingdom of heaven is within you, then how do you build it from the outside? right? How do you go, well, heaven includes having a million dollars, the job I want, the 2.5 kids, a white picket fence, and a dog, and a spouse. Like, If that's your heaven, then any one of those things can be taken from you and you're plunged immediately into hell. That's the ugly side of the law of attraction, because I've seen so many people build heaven with condition that's required. They have measured it and they have defined it and it has been their source of happiness. And yet the true kingdom of heaven is within you. And that is the journey that I've been on, is finding true enlightenment, true heaven, where my external realities are not my source now, if I'm not trying to find happiness by reaching outside of me and just envision Adam and Eve reaching for the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and realize and thinking that being God requires them to do something in this external act of pulling the quote-unquote apple from the tree and bringing it into their body by eating it, that is using the law of attraction to bring in your I amness. But the truth is, as we know in the garden, Eve's answer should have been, what are you talking about, devil? I already am like God. Just read chapter one. He said I'm made in his image and likeness, right? I already am. I don't need to do anything outside of me. I'm doing it within me. That is to eat of the tree of life because the tree of life is within you, that you are a tree of life and that the pursuit of experience, you could... When you first kind of settle into this enlightenment concept and you realize the pursuit of happiness on the outside of you is still conditional heaven, you will realize, so wait a minute, everything's perfect. I don't need anything. And I'm always happy. Uh-huh. And you realize, wait a minute, so why would I do anything? I could just sit under a tree for five years and be happy. Yeah. Ask the Buddha. That's exactly what he did. Asked Eckhart Tolle. He sat on a park bench for two years because he was happy. There is a reality To the fact that there is a lack of emergency (laughs) in pursuit of external things. When you just sit in being happy and being fulfilled and being in heaven, there's absolutely a reality to, well, what do I do with my time? What do I do with my life? Why would I do anything? Why would I go on vacation? Why would I go to work? Why would I have a family? And here's the secret behind the secret. That is, if you are happy, then it's not a pursuit of happiness from the outside in. It is a pursuit of enjoyment. Enjoyment, and I know it's not spelled with an I N, enjoyment, but think about the joy that is within you wants to express itself. The joy that is within you wants to have movement. And so if making love, if you enjoy it, you're going to do that. You're not just going to sit under a tree unless you enjoy that, right? So there's no fear of if everything was okay, Austin, why would I do anything? Because you enjoy doing stuff. Do you enjoy roller coasters? Then go, it doesn't make you happy. You are happy. But enjoyment is the reality of experience and movement. And so from there, you can use the law of attraction of saying, I enjoy fast cars, right? I don't have the money for a fast car right now, but I would really enjoy a fast car. And it's not that once you get a fast car, it makes you happy. It is you're always happy on your way to getting a fast car. Now, if you understand the law of attraction, let's backtrack a minute. Do you realize that that is the fulfillment of believe that you have what you've asked for and it shall be given to you? So if you already have the vibration of having a fast car and the enjoyment that it gives to you, can you imagine how much faster the law of attraction will work on your behalf? So the ugly side of the law of attraction is the fact that most people do it from the outside in, but it is possible to do it from the inside out, still using it with intention, but it not being your source of happiness. And so I like the law of attraction. I like the secret and I teach it. I will certainly be doing classes over time on unpacking it and kind of the nuts and bolts of it. And there is so many principles underneath it, universal laws. It's only a secondary law. The true law is the law of vibration, which is kind of what I was getting at with enlightenment. Like if you truly have a vibration of enjoyment, then your life will begin to get better and better and better externally because you're living in heaven internally. Have, your outside life's just going to match it, right? That's the best part. That is the law of vibration. That is the underlying law of the law of attraction. So there's a lot of principles. There's a lot of details, a lot of uh, ins and outs that, you know, they require kind of more of a mentoring type of class. I'm not going to do it on a podcast here that requires the, because we're all organic beings, it requires the give and take of questions and answers and trial and error and tips and tricks type of thing. Um, But it is a beautiful thing. But I hope out of this, you have seen the reality that there is There are some challenges with the law of attraction, the quote unquote, the bad. And then on top of that, there's some ugly side there that some of the responses my wife got on that Facebook group were ugly. There were people who are clearly bitter with whatever life has given them and they're trying to build a better life. But in doing it, they're framing what they currently have as negative. Is dark and as, you know, this bitterness that uh, nobody wants to be around. And what do you, you think, how fast do you think they're going to attract a better life sitting in that bitterness? How fast do you think they're going to attract the things they want sitting in that? So I think the unspoken side of the law of attraction is guys, if you're not li- doing it from enlightenment, it's going to be very difficult for you. And it is, it's still working, but it is way easier when you find that you already are all the things that you want. And your heart can define the perfect life. Your mind says you want a million dollars, but your heart says you want to sit under a tree for five years. Which one are you gonna trust? Are you gonna trust your mind? Are you gonna trust your heart? Which one do you think is more interested in your fulfillment? Because your mind, I promise you, has built some really crappy things that you thought you wanted and then you got it and your heart said, no, I never wanted that, man. Because true fulfillment sits in the heart. It doesn't sit in the mind. True fulfillment sits in that place. So if that's where true fulfillment sits, why don't you listen to that place? Maybe you don't need a million dollars. Maybe you need a, an old beat up truck and a pilgrimage in Alaska. Like follow that intuition and let that thing be your attractor. Let that thing be the law of attraction. And then when that thing says, hey, yeah, I want a fast car, then sure, enact your visualization or make that. But don't let your joy be conditional on, well, I'll only be happy when I have my Ferrari. No, be happy now and your Ferrari will come that much faster. So I hope this has helped. I hope it's a good mix between, you know, nuts and bolts, new age and Christianity. I I love some of these subjects. There's a lot more stuff like this that I know new age and Christianity for years have been at, at odds but they are more like than we like than most people think. Hence, I started an organization called New Age Christianity. I'm loving this journey, guys. I thank you always for your time. It is a great honor to give me an hour or at least 49 minutes and 30 seconds at this point. And um, I know we have a lot of things taking our time. If you would consider sharing these uh, podcasts and growing this message and growing this ministry, ministry, I don't even know. This is a thought form, by the way. My wife, uh, I jokingly called it a religion, you know, and building a new religion. She said, I thought you weren't doing that. She said, you know what? You're right. This is a wisdom tradition, like the Toltec wisdom tradition. I have no plans of building cathedrals and uh, churches and everything like that. We sure can have events. And I want to do, uh, you know, have a community concepts around, you know, retreats or anything like that. But I'm not trying to build a religion. I want to build a wisdom tradition known as New Age Christianity and, uh, so help share and grow and participate in this. If you have questions, hit me up on the Facebook group. I love JP LeBlanc. He regularly posts stuff in the private chats. And then, uh, you know, please consider donating and just ask spirit. If given just a little bit is, uh, something that you should do. The law of reciprocity is another universal law. Maybe I could do a whole series on the universal laws. And you will get out of this what you put into it. And there is a reality to your treasure. So just consider that. If you want more out of this community and these podcasts, consider giving. I would highly appreciate it. And thank you for asking. And uh, I will see you guys in the next episode. Until then, have a great weekend. And um, again, don't forget to hit me up on the Facebook groups and stuff. If you have questions, I'd love to chat with you. Bye.